You're listening to the All Indie Writers Podcast with host Jennifer Mattern. Helping serious freelancers, bloggers, and indie authors go pro. Hello and welcome. I'm Jen Mattern, your host of the All Indie Writers Podcast. Thank you for joining me today for episode number 12. You can find show notes and links to resources mentioned in this episode by visiting allindywriters.com slash podcast slash 12. In today's episode, we'll explore business models for bloggers. Then I'll tackle a community question regarding magazine editorial calendars before moving on to talk about a self-editing resource for authors that I recently reviewed on the blog. So let's jump right in. First, let's talk about business models for bloggers. People run blogs for many reasons, but because members of the All Indie Writers community are looking to make money from their writing, I think it's important that we talk about the different ways you can do that with a blog. And not just necessarily side income, but how you can actually turn your own blog into a business in its own right. There are a number of ways you can do this. One of the first options you have for turning your blog into a business is to monetize your content with advertising. And this is actually the topic that inspired this podcast episode because I recently saw an article on someone else's blog where they were bashing a particular ad network and essentially saying, if you use this ad network, you're unprofessional and you'll never make any money. And I found it absolutely hysterical. But here's reality for you. Yes, you can make money with advertising on your blog. You can make quite a bit of money with advertising on your blog. I'll tell you just briefly a story. With my small business blog, it took me a whopping three months to bring it up to the $2,000 per month mark with advertising. That was it, advertising. And there were a mix of different types of ads, which we'll talk about. But there I was at a rate of $24,000 a year for one blog after only having it live for three months. I'm not saying it's easy to do that, nor is that the high end of what you can do with advertising income for your blog. You have to work at it, but my point here is that it's very possible. So the next time you see somebody tell you that you can't make money with advertising on your blog or you can't make money with one particular ad network on your blog, ignore them because what they're really telling you is that they couldn't make money with advertising on their blog or they couldn't figure out how to effectively use a particular ad network. And Here's the thing, your blog and their blog are probably not the same. Your audience and their audience are probably not the same. And different blogs and different audiences can be monetized in different ways. What might not work at all for one blog could be a perfect fit for another. So for example, you might notice that I use AdSense on allindiewriters.com. That's Google's ad network where you are paid per click. That's something that I use more as a filler ad on All Indie Writers. It helps to supplement things like ebook sales and job board listings and other premium features. 
So the ads are actually set up on a random rotation there, and they're eventually going to be weeded out. However, on other blogs I run, I use AdSense almost exclusively. And just to give you two examples of blogs that I launched at almost the same time and have been using AdSense almost as long, we're talking nine or ten years now, one is in a music niche, one is in a small business niche. And the difference with the same ad network is pretty incredible. For example, on the music blog, if you saw five cents per click, that was a good day. It's very difficult to monetize that particular niche with that particular type of advertising. On the other hand, on the business-oriented blog, you'd get paid several dollars per click fairly often. Now, I'm not saying that's the norm in general across all niches, but my point is you have to know your niche and your audience and what advertisers are willing to pay to reach that audience. In the case of a business-oriented blog, these were entrepreneurs who had money to spend and advertisers were trying to reach them with higher ticket items and services. So to them, it's worth paying a premium to get that lead because the sale has more value than what an advertiser advertising on the music site might expect to see as a return. So again, just because somebody else hasn't had luck with advertising, please don't let that discourage you. Other people have different goals for their blog. You know, some people aren't really interested in turning their blog into a business itself. They're interested more in some of the other business models we'll talk about, which involve making most of their money through services or products that they create. And there's nothing wrong with either. But the point is, if you want to directly monetize your content with advertising, it's an option. You can do that. And you can do that very successfully. Now, there are several different types of ads that you can use. I've mentioned AdSense as an example. That would be an example of a pay-per-click advertising network you're paid when somebody clicks on one of those ads and visits the advertiser's landing page. There are other ad networks that will pay you based on every thousand page views you get to their ad. There are other advertising networks that will pay you based on impressions instead. So people don't have to click on the ads for you to get paid, but you're paid based on how many people are actually seeing that ad appear on your site. Those advertisers are more or less just paying for the exposure. Which kind will work for you really depends on where you're right now. Again, if you have a niche where advertisers are willing to pay a lot per click, you might make more money that way, especially if your blog is fairly new. On the other hand, if you're not going to get paid much per click, or if you happen to have a huge amount of traffic, it could very easily make more sense to get paid for the impressions on those ads. So figure out what you have going for you. Do you have a certain quality in your audience that advertisers are looking for with direct leads and clicks? Or do you have a certain amount of traffic where advertisers are more interested in paying for those eyeballs? Now, you can also sell ads privately, directly, by going out and looking for sponsors and advertisers. I will just say if you do this, be careful. Make sure that your advertisements have no follow links. 
and I will link you to a resource on what that means and how you can make sure that your ads are no follow in the show notes, which you can find at allindywriters.com slash podcast slash 12. But don't let that discourage you from selling private advertising. Just make sure that you're following Google's content guidelines in the process if you don't want to risk getting your site penalized in their search engine. And along the line of private advertising is affiliate advertising. That is where the advertisers or companies with a product or service to sell, they have an affiliate program that you can sign up for and join. They'll give you the banners and links you can use to promote their products, services, or their company. And you're essentially paid a commission based on any sales that you refer. Now, the great thing about affiliate advertising is that you can go out and find relevant advertisers, essentially, I'm calling them advertisers, but affiliate marketers, whatever you want to call them. You can go out and find them already ready and willing to pay you. They have things ready for you to promote, things that are relevant to your audience. I highly recommend that you actually test things before you promote them. Don't just say, oh, this looks relevant. I think I'll promote it and take a cut. You you want to build trust with your readers. You'll make more sales through your affiliate links when people can actually trust your reviews and your promotions. So I think that's extremely important with affiliate marketing. And affiliate programs are actually great for newer blockers. Again, because you often don't have to have a certain amount of traffic to get accepted. So it can be a great place to start, especially if you're still at the point where you're testing different placements on your site to see where you get the most click-throughs, the most conversions. You have a lot to play with. There are usually different ad options that you can choose from. And you can sign up with affiliate networks like Commission Junction or Share a Sale to connect with some of these advertisers and see what's out there. Now, I want to move beyond the advertising business model for a blog and talk about how you can actually incorporate the blog into a slightly broader business model, which is what I find most bloggers are talking about when they say they're turning their blog into a business. It's a little less direct, but it can be very effective. One of the more common examples that you might see suggested is to sell ebooks. Some people will even tell you, don't launch your blog until you have a product ready to sell. Personally, I think that's crazy. I think you should be blogging and building your platform and authority status and start building links and start building those search engine rankings as early as possible. If you have a product to launch right when the blog launches, I think that's awesome. But if you don't, don't just twiddle your thumbs as far as your blog goes. Start building an audience so that when your product does launch, you have ready and willing buyers there waiting. In addition to selling ebooks, you can also sell print books and you can sell services. So, blogging can be an important part of a freelance writer's business, for example, especially let's say you're a freelance blogger. That's another way to make money blogging. It's not the same as turning your own blog into a business, but You're using it essentially in a marketing or PR capacity to make money through related means. So you would sell your ebooks, sell your books, sell your freelance services. You know, most people listening to this are writers. So those would be the examples of what you might do. 
but people in other industries can do this as well. So you might sell software through a blog or web templates or other designs or consulting services. What you can sell through your blog is almost limitless. The only direct way of turning your blog into an actual business on its own that we've talked about so far is monetizing through advertising. But that is not your only option. Your other option to turning your blog into an all-out business is to have premium features directly on your blog. Now, in the case of Volunteer Writers, I don't even like thinking about the site as a blog anymore because it has grown so far beyond that with forums and a freelance writer directory and a job board and a writer's market directory. It's more of a comprehensive resource site where the primary content goes into the blog and that's used to build and maintain a community. And that's really the key to blogging is the consistency and the interaction. And then you kind of come up with add-ons to that blog. So in the case of All Indie Writers, you know, for example, we have the job board and somebody can pay to post a job there. Or freelancers can pay a one-time fee to get their profile in the freelance writer directory. Features like that are great because there's no limit to how many you can sell. So it's not like selling a print book or a service where your time is limited. It's directly on the blog. It's handled almost automatically, depending on how you set up your payment system and your ordering system. And it generates more content for the site through these profiles and job ads. Now, these aren't your only options. For example, if you're a blogger and you write about marketing on your blog, you might run a directory of marketing firms and charge a listing fee or allow free directory submissions and charge a fee just for featured listings that get more exposure. You could even charge a premium for access to particular content on your site. And I mentioned a plugin on the blog recently that gives you this option on a post-by-post basis. So I will link to that again in the show notes for you at allindywriters.com slash podcast slash 12. So you could do that. You could even set it up with a premium forum or paid online courses tied to your blog. The basic business model is your blog itself is a marketing tool for these add-on premium features. So I hope that gave you some ideas to work with. And I think it's important to remember that no business model for your blog is more legit than any others. You need to test to find out what works best for the readers your blog happens to attract. And you need to pursue the option that feels right for you. So if your real goal is to provide services, consulting services, writing services, whatever you want to sell, then focus on that. You know, even if you think you might make more money selling products because your time is limited for services, if you want to sell services, do that. You can make that a successful business model. So do what works for your audience, but also do what works for you. Now I'd like to move on to a reader question from a reader named Megan. Megan emailed me saying, I have a quick question I hope you can help with. I want to send queries to a few magazines, but I can't find their editorial calendars. 
Are they published somewhere or do I have to ask for them? Also, how early should I send queries? Okay, so I want to start with where you can find editorial calendars for publications, and this goes not only for magazines, but for online publications and blogs, too. While I know it's not the answer that Megan or most of you want to hear, the truth is that it depends on the publication. Sometimes they'll be published on the magazine's website alongside their writer's guidelines. You might find a link to them right there, or they might have upcoming topics from the editorial calendar directly in the writer's guidelines. So I would always try to start there. But in other cases, you're going to need to email or call an editor to ask for that information. Just one quick tip, though. If you can't find the editorial calendar near the writer's guidelines, before reaching out to the editor, you might want to check the advertising section of the website where they're trying to sell ad space to their advertisers. You'll often find the editorial calendar there because publications want to make it easy for advertisers to run ads in the issues that are most relevant to the products or services that they're promoting. So that's somewhere to start. As for you should send queries, again, it depends on the publication. They each have their own publication schedules. In some cases, for example, you might pitch three months before the publication date. On the other hand, some print publications are going to want six months or even more than that. So in that case, again, go back to the writer's guidelines if they've published them and see if they have any advice there on when you should send pitches. If they do not have writer's guidelines or any information like that in their writer's guidelines, then you should go ahead and reach out to an editor or an editorial assistant or someone who can answer that question for you for that particular publication. In the absolute worst case, if you can't find the information you're looking for, send your query as early as possible because it's better to be a bit early for their deadline and then follow up closer to that deadline than to miss it entirely. And I hope that helps. Now I'd like to briefly talk about the online self-editing tool, Autocrit, which you can find at autocrit.com. That's A-U-T-O-C-R-I-T.com. I recently reviewed this tool on the blog, and I'll include a link in the show notes for that. To be honest with you, I was kind of surprised at how much I enjoyed using Autocrit, um, which I tested out on some flash fiction stories that I was working on for a new site. Now, it's not a substitute for working with a professional editor. Absolutely not. No software will ever be a substitute for the eye of a professional editor. But it's great in that self-revision process when you're trying to tighten things up on your own as much as you can before sending your work off to your editor. I highly recommend trying it and seeing if it works for you. It, for example, can help you improve your pacing. It lets you see how you're varying your sentence length and whether you're lumping too many similar length sentences together. It helps you see if you're overusing adverbs, cliches, or certain problem words that you can identify. So, for example, I mentioned in the review that just is a word that I tend to abuse. So that would be one that I would put into the system there to keep an eye on to make sure that I'm not abusing that in a short story or a novel or 
well, it's technically for fiction. You could actually use it for blog posts and such, too. Well, I think autocrit is something that most indie authors should probably at least try. I think it's important to say that autocrit doesn't actually change anything in your writing. It highlights potential problems so you can make the decision. So please don't be concerned about that. Now, the real reason I'm mentioning autocrit in today's episode, the nice folks at autocrit gave us a special promo code for all indie writers, readers, and listeners where you can save 20% if you sign up for their professional level account for a year. To get that discount, go to autocrit.com and before you place your order for the, again, this is only for the professional tier account, enter the promo code AIW20, that's AIW20, and you'll save 20% on that package. So go ahead, check it out. And if you decide to sign up, go ahead and use that promo code, save some money. You know, it's not, this is not an affiliate promotion, not getting anything for sending you to them. You know, this is just me saying, I like this. I think you should check it out. If it works for you, yay for that. Have fun. And a big thank you to the Autocrit folks for setting that up. And that's all I have for you today. Do you have follow-up questions to any of the topics discussed in this episode? You can submit those or any other writing-related questions to be answered in a future podcast episode through the contact form at allindiewriters.com slash podcast by emailing me at jen, that's J-E-N-N, at allindiewriters.com or by leaving me a voicemail at 484 575 one three four five. You can find show notes and links to resources mentioned in this episode by visiting allindywriters.com slash podcast slash twelve. You can also access this podcast, audio blog posts, and related audio productions by visiting freelancetheater.com. You've been listening to the All Indie Writers Podcast with Jen Mattern, a freelance theater production. Freelance theater. It's all writers need for life's little episodes.